0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Russia said that a fire at the Novotniksk oil refinery close to the border with Ukraine was caused by an attack from two drones. Meanwhile, at least 20 people were killed as Russian forces rained down missiles on Kharkiv, Ukraine's second-largest city. Life in the city has been returning to relative normality in recent weeks before this resumption of hostilities. British military intelligence cited the extraordinary attrition rates suffered by Russian and pro-Russian militia forces in the Donbas region of eastern Ukraine. Jerome Powell told a Senate hearing that the Federal Reserve is strongly committed to bringing down inflation now running at a 40-year high in America. The central bank chief said that Russia's invasion of Ukraine and continuing COVID-19 lockdowns would continue to push inflation up. But he said that America's economy was strong enough to handle tighter monetary policy. Kaya Kallas, Estonia's prime minister, said her country would be wiped from the map under NATO's current defense plans. Collis warned that the three Baltic states would be overrun by Russian forces should Moscow choose to attack. Her remarks serve as a preview for a NATO summit in Madrid next week, where members will discuss the defense of their eastern flank. In a speech to the country days after losing his parliamentary majority, Emmanuel Macron said France's politicians must learn to govern and legislate differently. The French president suggested that opposition parties would work with him on inflation, climate change, and unemployment. Mr. Macron argued that he was re-elected to enact ambitious reforms. He may have to scramble for the votes needed to do so. A 6.1-magnitude earthquake in Afghanistan killed at least 1,000 people and injured hundreds more, according to officials. The quake struck Patika province near the border with Pakistan, but tremors were felt as far away as India. Relief efforts are likely to be complicated since several international aid agencies left the country following the Taliban's return to power last year. President Joe Biden asked Congress for a three month suspension of the federal fuel tax as Americans reckon with soaring petrol prices and high inflation. The national average for a gallon of petrol is nearly $5, up roughly 60% from a year ago. Some Democrats worry that energy companies will benefit more than consumers. Republicans also oppose the move, making its passage doubtful. Israeli MPs vote on Wednesday to dissolve Parliament and call an early general election. The Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, resigned on Monday saying his eight-party coalition was too unstable to continue. The opposition, led by Benjamin Netanyahu, want to block the bill and thus form a new government without recourse to the polls. Inflation in Britain rose to 9.1% in May, the highest rate in 40 years. Soaring food and petrol costs continued to propel consumer prices upwards. The cost of raw materials also leapt at their fastest rate on record, according to the statistics ministry. Last week, the Bank of England warned that annual inflation could hit 11% this year. And fact of the day, 79%. How much higher the suicide rate was in the Chinese city of Wuhan during lockdown in 2020 than in the same period in 2019. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Bricks and mortars. This year's BRICS Summit begins on Thursday, in awkward circumstances. Leaders of the group's main members, Brazil, China, India, and Russia, have met annually since 2009, with South Africa joining in 2010, to discuss issues of interest to the emerging world's leading economic powers. Yet this year's two-day virtual proceedings, hosted by China's president, Xi Jinping, will unfold against a global backdrop marred by the war his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin, is waging in Ukraine and the consequent economic fallout. Mr. Xi would like to use the summit to bring big emerging economies into closer alignment with China and against the West. Indeed, expansion will be on the agenda with Argentina and Saudi Arabia among several countries joining the meeting. Discussion of Ukraine will be avoided, and India is likely to resist efforts to send an overtly anti-American message its appetite for Russian arms and oil notwithstanding. Given the war's heavy global costs, Mr. G may struggle to find any group solidarity. In the foothills of EU accession Ukrainians starved for good news may get a bit from Brussels on Thursday. A summit of the European Council composed of the EU's national leaders is expected to grant Ukraine candidate status. That is the first step on the long road to membership. Moldova, which also has a reformist government threatened by Russia, is likely to be given candidate status too, while Georgia will be asked to meet more conditions. There will be less joy for four Western Balkan countries. Albania, Montenegro, North Macedonia, and Serbia would like to join the EU but have been on hold for years. North Macedonia is being blocked by Bulgaria. A French-brokered compromise is now hostage to an unfolding government crisis in Sofia. EU members will discuss granting certain benefits of membership, such as visa-free travel, during the accession process, and for other countries, some form of looser European association. On Friday, the council will take up an even bigger problem, the continent's worsening economy. A dry run for Britain's next general election Britain's governing Conservative Party faces a pair of parliamentary by-elections on Thursday. The contests will stress-test the popularity of Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, in two very different seats. Both votes came about in the grubbiest of circumstances. In Wakefield, a city in northern England where the Tories enjoy a majority of 3,358 over labor, the previous MP was convicted of sexually assaulting a child in 2008. In Tiverton and Honiton, a sprawling farming seat in the southwest, a majority of 24,239 is under assault from the Liberal Democrats. There, the poll was triggered after the Tory MP admitted watching pornography at work in the House of Commons. The by-elections will show whether voters are willing to forgive either of these scandals on top of Partygate, in which Mr. Johnson was fined for breaking lockdown rules, and how far a big squeeze on living standards is eroding conservative support. CITIES RETURN TO NORMALITY Life in the world's cities is improving. Every year, EIU, the Research and Analysis Division of The Economist Group, compiles an index of urban livability. The average score for 2022 is 73.6, up more than four points from 2021. The EIU's index rates living conditions according to such things as stability, healthcare, culture, environment, education, and infrastructure. Western cities have fared well, having lifted most COVID restrictions after successful vaccine rollouts. Vienna tops the rankings for the third time since 2018, and five other European cities make the top ten, joined by three cities in Canada there are notable exceptions to the trend. Every city in China has slipped down the rankings, and the war in Ukraine is weighing heavily. EIU had to abandon its Kyiv survey when fighting broke out, and life in Russian cities has become less tolerable as censorship tightens and Western sanctions bite. Worrying about monkeypox Scientists are still unsure why monkeypox, a virus that causes symptoms similar to those of chickenpox, fever, exhaustion, and pustules, is spreading so rapidly. Usually the disease is confined to parts of Africa. But this year the World Health Organization has identified 2,103 confirmed cases in 42 countries. The one death recorded so far was in Nigeria. On Thursday, the WHO meets to decide whether to classify the monkeypox outbreak a public health emergency of international concern, PHEIC, a designation currently applied only to COVID-19 and polio. A PHEIC is a technical designation applied to an extraordinary event, That is determined to constitute a public health risk through the international spread of disease If the WHO does declare one for monkeypox It will also issue recommendations on how governments should handle outbreaks The world's limited supply of monkeypox vaccines Which can protect people from monkeypox could help Distributing them will require international coordination But that may be easier than it was for the COVID vaccines, as the demand, thankfully, is not as great. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday What term was devised by Arthur Oaken, an economist, to describe a measure that added the unemployment rate to the inflation rate? Wednesday which Massachusetts town was gripped by a series of witch trials in 1692 and 1693. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jonas Salk, who died on this day in 1955. I have had dreams, and I've had nightmares. I overcame the nightmares because of my dreams.